Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast to O'Brien. Uh, both nicknames that I go by inviting you to check out miles and Jack got mad boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the daily zeitgeist miles gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans. As we discuss the latest news and events from around the league, check it out. Miles and Jack got mad boosties brought to you by the first ever Toyota grand Highlander. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. All right, on our first episode today, we did a lot of Ravens talk. So let's take a look at the Steelers side of the street. And we heard Coach T give his weekly press conference on Tuesday, addressing all matters Steelers related. And the one thing that he was asked about was the blow up Mm -hmm. of George Pickens on the sidelines. And Tomlin used an old favorite. I'd rather say well than sick him when it comes to a player like that. He wants guys that can compete. The one part of the statement that I agree with more than any of it, though, is we have to, as you mature and grow into a pro, recognizing the appropriate time and the appropriate way to make those feelings known instead of give me the effing ball in front of the CBS camera on the sidelines at Atlanta in the middle of a game. I understand where Tomlin's coming from in the aspect of you want guys like that, right? You want a guy who's like a dog with a bone and just wants to be involved so desperately, not really just for you know his own, I'm going to eat and get numbers, but he knows that if he eats and gets numbers, it probably translates to the team winning. So I don't think this is a, oh, I'm George Pickens, feed me. It's all about the Pickens show. I think he truly thinks that the best way for the offense to move and the best way for the offense to win is if he's heavily involved in the offense, and then that leads to the outburst. But you're dealing with a rookie quarterback right now, mm-hmm. and there is a lot on Kenny's shoulders, and I don't think he necessarily needs to deal with the receiver barking in his ear mm-hmm. right away. Especially when it's another rookie. Now, here's the thing. That is something that everything about this year is learning. It's a learning process mm-hmm. for Kenny. That's part of the learning curve. Charlie Batch said on the postgame show, you have no idea how much receivers chirp you when you're the quarterback about getting in the ball. Like, Terry Bradshaw in practice yeah, would have I, Lynn Swan and right, John Stallworth right, chirping right. at him like, I'm open. Why aren't you throwing me the ball? It is part of playing the position is being able to tug on all the marionette strings that have that your receivers are attached to appropriately, making sure that all those mouths are fed. So it is part of Kenny's learning process, but at the same time, this rookie is dealing with so much. Thrown in into the second half of week four, uh, you know, really trial by fire there. He's dealing with an offensive coordinator that we all suspect isn't necessarily setting him up for the easiest kind of execution right. of an offense that he could be. 
And on top of that, he's got established players in Deontay that he has to feed, Chase, at the beginning of the year as well. And young players who are up and coming, like Pat and like George, that he also has to feed as well. So my biggest takeaway from the blowout with George Pickens is, yeah, Tomlin, I like a guy who has that kind of attitude. I like what you said, though, that you need to recognize the appropriate time, the appropriate place, the appropriate way to express those feelings. And I, I know that his tone publicly was, you know, I, I like that. I like the kind of fight that we saw in the player. I hope privately he took Pickens aside and really drilled down on that second part of his answer, which was, look, dude, I know you're frustrated. Personally, I watched the game film after we beat Atlanta. I think you should have been more involved in the offense. But here are the facts. One, Atlanta was doing a lot more of coverage towards you than you've seen in previous weeks because you're starting to establish yourself, George, as a guy that they might want to think about taking away more than Deontay Johnson because of the seasons that both of you are having. So, A, you know, you weren't getting to open as much as you used to. Coverage was dictating taking you out of the game and you weren't able to break away from that uh, a fair share. But also, dude, we're trying to grow this baby quarterback here. Mm. And you're a baby too. Don't get into his head so early. Don't don't get in the way. Don't get yeah. in the way of his development. Like, yes, he needs to see you more. Yes, he misses you. He misses Deontay. He misses Pat open from time to time. I know it's tough, but, George, you didn't get drafted to Green Bay. Like, you don't have Aaron Rodgers that's just automatically going to make you eight catches a game not for 100 only that, yards. Not only that, you don't have that quarterback who's been around for a decade plus. You also, to, to continue further down your Green Bay uh, comparison, you're not the only guy there. Right, hey, you, like you Deontay's have... a mouth that needs fed. Chase was a mouth that needed fed Pat, before he left. For Pat sure, is a mouth that needs fed, and Pat's the mouth that's being fed the most. Like, George Pickens would probably love being Christian Watson right now, where he's got the quarterback that can get him the ball wherever he is, and he's the only guy on the field who the quarterback probably trusts at this time. But it's not the case. So no. you have to buy in and almost accept that there's going to be games like that as we move forward with Kenny. And recognize that it's nothing personal. It's nothing where, you know, I, I know you love seeing yourself on Sports Center and you love seeing the national heads talk about you being one of the, ne- you got next as far as wide receiver is concerned. That's not going to go away with one game of a catch in two yards. They're going to say, wow, that's weird that Pickens didn't do much, but they're still going to think you got next. You're still right in that public eye. You've, you've established yourself as not winning the rookie of the year. But I think as far as a rookie that's more, name a rookie more on everybody's map than George Pickens right now. It's tough. Oh, no. I mean, you got Watson yeah. in Green Bay. Um, you have Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Wilson in... Uh, and you have Sauce on the defensive side of the yeah. ball in, in New York. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson in New York, too, has been... I mean, New York just crushed the draft this year, so yeah, yeah. everybody's been great. But, you know, you're not going to win rookie of the year, but you have established yourself as a, whoa, look out for that guy kind of mm-hmm. player. And that's not going away, so... I recognize his frustration. I understand it, but I really hope they drilled into the time and place aspect of when you can show your frustration, and that was not an appropriate time to show it because uh, behind closed doors, all get, get me more involved in the game plan. I should have been more involved in the game plan. Yeah, let's have an open conversation about that, and let's air things out. Don't need to see it publicly on the sidelines. And, I, and again, I get it. It's your homecoming. You're from there. You played college ball at Georgia. Tons of family in the crowd for you, and you have a dud of a game where the offense never really looked your way. 
it sucks. You're human. Right. But you got to kind of swallow that. And, you know, we're talking about the learning curve with Kenny. There's learning curves with every rookie. And one of the bigger ones is that maturity aspect. And this is a chance for George to really learn and grow as uh, a mature adult in handling these kind of situations. Yeah, I, I again, it's it's tough because it's rookie on rookie. You know, it, it would be different, and I would expect nothing less if this was Antonio Brown. Like I made this comparison an episode one episode ago, uh, Landry Jones when he was playing for an injured Ben. Antonio Brown was frustrated because Antonio Brown knew his skill set, knew he could get open, knew if Landry Jones just threw him the ball within the vicinity within the zip code, right? Is it zip code or area code? Area that code. Area code that, that Dale likes to call George Pickens as a receiver. Throw it in my area code, I'm going to catch it. I get it for a guy like Antonio Brown, who at that time was already an all-pro level player, leading the league in yards, leading, leading the league in touchdowns and receptions for a time. A true elite receiver. George Pickens has that potential for sure, undoubtedly, but it's only in his rookie season. So I don't understand where George Pickens thinks he's coming from in terms of the him being allowed to make a, a scene like that, right? If you're a rookie who's only played in 13 games or you're in your 13th game you've ever played uh, when when the Steelers faced off against um, the Falcons this past Sunday— I don't understand what what credit he was giving himself by allowing him to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um, we've seen Deontay Johnson have frustrations, maybe behind closed doors more than out in public. I think he said everything publicly the right way, but we've seen a trend of growing frustration when it comes to him, and it's translated into he's been the leading target share for the past two weeks on the field. The team is clearly trying to get him involved. Do you see a similar kind of thing happen with George this week against the Ravens where maybe the first couple passes are right towards number 14, trying to get him in early, trying to get Kenny eyes looking towards 14 early in the game? Mm-hmm. Again, Tom, it just comes down to... the You just have to understand where this offense is, the state of the offense in the moment, Right. Every, what's what's really detrimental about this George Pickens explosion is the progress this offense has been making ever since the bye week, right? Yes. Week after week after week, A, the offense seems to be clicking better on, on all accounts, right? There's no turnovers. The run game is now averaging over 150 yards per game in each of the last four games. Uh, Pat, Deontay, and George Pickens are all getting involved. So... I understand on a on a micro level, George Pickens looks at himself in that game and says, "How is it possible I got only two targets, the same amount of targets as uh, I don't even know who I guess say I, I forget the, the the numbers, but he had Jalen Warren has as many targets. Jalen so. Warren, but it was Anthony McFarland, Derek Watt, uh, Connor Hayward, yeah, Watt had two. Benny Snell. All those guys either had one or two. So George Pickens looks at himself and says, what, you put me in a group with all those guys? Benny Snell, who didn't have a carry until a week ago for the first time all season, you're going to put me in that level of of, of um, inclusion in this offense? I understand why he would get frustrated at that, but to win the game, right, you're winning the game. 
right? Your your offense you is— You play to win the game. Your offense as a whole is doing so much better than it was, and I know you're not scoring 30 points a game, which is something that you have yet to do in a single game all season long. Um, or No, they did do that against uh, the Bengals, right? They got the 30, but it was in garbage time. So you did it one time all season long. I know you're not averaging or even close to averaging that much, but you're doing better. And I can understand why you want to be impatient, but that's the NFL, right? You have to be an adult. This is a league of professionals. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think that this is a learning process for him as a rookie, and you have to now keep an eye on him closely. Is he going to learn from this and, and mature from it, or is this something that's a sign of things to come when it comes to his behavior on the field? You, you never know when it comes to a receiver like that. You know, the word diva is thrown around a lot. You need a diva to play right. that position. It just depends on how yeah, big of a diva and how much of that diva is out of control. A diva indicates a guy who is super talented but is also confident. as much talent as he has on the field, he has issues off the field. But he's also confident, I think, and that's the biggest key at a position like that. You go one-on-one with this dude all the time, defensive backs in the league. you got to have that diva nature to know you're going to come up and you're going to snatch that ball away from the defender. You mentioned the offense is improving after the bye week, and it is, Mm -hmm. except for one area. They cannot score in the second half. No, they cannot. Not in the second half and not in the red zone. I'm starting to wonder about, is this an adjustment thing being made from other coaches that is just not being adjusted to by the Steelers? You know, they say in baseball it's all about adjustments. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're a great hitter and you have a great rookie year— Everybody in the league, every single scout, every catcher, every pitcher is going to study you and figure out your biggest weakness, and they're going to come back the next year, your sophomore season, and say, pitch him low and outside, and let's see how he handles it. It's all about adjustment, adjusting to adjustments in sports. You know, If that hitter doesn't adjust to what the, other, the rest of the league does, they'll wash out. If he does, he'll go on to have a 10-year-plus great career as a, a great mm. hitter. Kind of the same thing here with the offense. You're doing so many good things in the first half, that defense adjusts towards what you're doing, takes a little bit of it away, is there no adjustment back? Or is the adjustment that you're attempting to respond to their adjustments just simply not good enough? Because it is a disturbing trend. The second that they come out of that locker room for the second half, the offense is back in the week one, they can't get a first down right. offense mode. It's and I'm not trying to throw Mitch under the bus, but it looked like the offense that you had with Mitch Trubisky that led to you subbing in Kenny Pickett because you needed that spark, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, I just don't, it's so, I mean, to think that in week one, right, in those first couple of weeks with Mitch Trubisky starting, and even in those, excuse me, those first couple of starts with Kenny Pickett playing, and he was throwing three interceptions against the Jets, and then interception after interception week after week. The frustration on that level, to think, you know, down the line, you would see a a total of, you know, 24 points against the Colts and, and what, 19 points against the Falcons in back-to-back weeks, 30 points against the Bengals, to think, oh, my gosh, that's incredible, right? You are doing so well as an offense, way better than we're doing now. I can't wait to get to that point. But you didn't... Just seeing the final score is not indicative of how the offense plays in a given 60 minutes. If you saw that and learned that the Steelers put up, what, seven or 16 points in the first half against the Colts, and then how many, I believe 16 points also against the Falcons, right? They go back-to-back weeks with putting up 16 points in the first in half. In the first half. 
And so then you get eight points in the second or eight points in the second half against the Colts, a touchdown plus a two point conversion, and then only one field goal in the second half against Atlanta. Then you're not going to be happy when you see when you know that that's how you led to those point totals. So that's the next step as far as improvement is concerned. Let's score a touchdown right out of the half. Mm-hmm. Let's get a field goal right out of the half. Let's not sputter when the clock hits second mm-hmm. half time for the game because the first half has looked. I don't want to say great, but really good. Oh, I'd say, it's I'm, not really saying, good. I'm not saying great, but it's a vast improvement. It's looked really good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a legit NFL offense. You score 16 points and a half, you're trending towards 32 yeah, in the game, absolutely. and that's good in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, you see 16 points and you say, oh, well, for sure you can get at least a touchdown or two field goals, maybe two touchdowns in a field two goal. Two touchdowns. Right. I mean, like, you could expect that's that's not outlandish in no, any way to expect that from the second half. But there's just a disconnect. They mm-hmm. aren't as productive in that second half, and maybe that comes back to the offense being too plain being too vanilla. I mean, we've seen people after games, uh, Pratt from the Bengals comes to mind, you know, very basic offense, not tough to prepare for. We knew what plays they were running. You heard Colts players on the broadcast yelling out, it's the same play, it's the same play, it's the same play. When you see that kind of vanilla, you know, simplistic offense for 30 minutes and then get 13 minutes to kind of sit with your coaches and and really – draw up on the chalkboard what they're doing, it can only get even easier to play against mm-hmm. in the second half. So maybe some of what you're seeing with the second half woes after the first half explosions, if you can call them that, and I think you can based on where the Steelers' offense was before the second half of the season, you have to think it's just a matter of seeing it for a half an hour of game time. Mm-hmm recognizing what they're trying to do, realizing it's not that complicated, adjusting in areas that you need to to completely stop it. And so far, it's worked every game post-bye week. The second-half defense has been much better against the Steelers than the first. Yeah, there were moments, right, because... They did have to score that touchdown against the Colts. So, I mean, that's credit due for them scoring a fourth-quarter touchdown against the Colts. But yeah, that right, was right, right, after right. a third quarter of just three and out, three and out, nothing. Yeah. Like, it's, And it was after a quarter of the defense allowing that big special teams play to open up the second half and then really having no room to work with uh, to allow. I know they got three points out of it, but then later in the game, they did get that touchdown. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. That's my game. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting stat for your Pittsburgh sure, Steelers. Hey, In games where the opposing team has scored first, the Steelers are 0-7. Wow. If they score the first points, well, they Tom, win. Not only 
I mean, not we've been emphasizing the first half. How about the fact that what was that streak of games where they Couldn't failed score the first quarter? Not just the first, first quarter. Drive. The first, I mean, sure, the first quarter, the first drive, all of the above. But right? now they're like on a streak of scoring yeah, every right. first. Yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, like maybe it's more recent than we think of, but it feels like it's been a long time since they haven't scored in the first quarter or they haven't finished the first drive without scoring. Yeah, and clearly it translates to winning. And if a lot they of, can get that ball in the end zone. Yeah, they right. play really well, well with a lead. Well. A lot of the time it's been they march down the field 75 yards and Stall then sputter on the third goal. down and they get the field goal. But that still counts. It they, counts. Even no, if absolutely. they go up 3 nothing first, they have won every single game this year. So if you're on your couch on Sunday and the Steelers win the coin toss and they drive down the field and Matt Wright slash Chris Boswell makes a 45-yarder, maybe a cash, little live bet on the Steelers to win because mm-hmm. it hasn't uh, gone the other way since – or it hasn't gone the other way yet this year. They score first. They win the football game. Uh, but on the other side of that coin, there isn't a team in the NFL that blows lead like the Ravens. So right. the Ravens' MO is to get up early on teams, and then teams use the second half against Baltimore to come back into the game. Now, I could see this going one of two ways for the Steelers. They have a good first half. The second half woes continue, and they're the one team that isn't able to muster up a comeback against Baltimore because their second half offense is just bad. Or this is the exact thing the doctor ordered. Give me that second half Ravens defense that has done nothing but blow leads, and let's get some confidence in the second half offense going up against a team that gets worse as the game goes on on that side of the ball. It's going to be a weird game against the Ravens. I don't know because I think that you can with – Lamar Huntley, or wow, Lamar Huntley. That's it'd be crazy if he could combine, <laughs> they could combine forces with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback. I feel like you can outscore the Ravens' offense, right? Because even with Lamar Jackson, I got it right that time. You Lamar Jackson, you could played, do it with him. I mean, they weren't scoring that. Much. They weren't scoring. So take advantage in the first half, but don't just let up on the gas when you get to the second half. Right, I think that's. I think we can. I think we can confidently say this offense can get you to get you several drives of field goals or resulting in field goals. Just can you finally create some drives that are resulting in touchdowns when you get to the red zone, right? Because I I know you you mentioned a big issue for this offense, something they haven't fixed despite all of their improvements, is scoring in the second half, but also scoring in the red zone. Tom, they get there after. After grudgingly get getting there, right? They they march twelve plays, seventy yards, and they're finally in the red zone, and then they go three and out once they're there, right? That's how it always seems to go, doesn't it? Don't it always seem to go that you can't score a touchdown in the red <laughs> zone because you all the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, it does seem like that. Uh, do I make another prediction this week? Should I just uh, last week? Remember, I said Deontay was going to score his touchdown. And then he did it. Yeah, he did not. No. Do I just do that every week now? He came close though. Should I mean, I he just... finally like he he looked like he could it's two get weeks it. in a row where he's had a touchdown and he's just let it go through his hands. I don't the, remember the, the Colts, Colts one in the corner of the end zone when he was falling backwards. It was it mm. was right in his damn hands and people are like, "Good defensive play." Nah, you're eighteen million dollars a year. You come down with that over that defensive back. But should I just be that guy now? Should I be the guy that just comes on the radio or the podcast every week and says he's scoring a touchdown this game and then I'm eventually right? Or are we actually going to go 18 weeks, 17 of them that you play, and he's not going to score a single touchdown? I mean, it's it's really it's really possible. There's five games left. 
It's very possible. And I know we've just been kind of praising this team for doing better offensively, but they're still, I mean, and, and again, 16 points in each of the last two first halves, great. But you know what 16 points equals you? It equals you one touchdown and three field goals. So, again, I mean, Dale Lawley, for his three guarantees last week, something he does every week prior to a game starting, is he guaranteed that Kenny Pickett against Atlanta would get two be involved in two touchdowns. Excuse me. Two touchdowns? Two, two tutties? There it is. But didn't get there. Only had one. And and the Ravens' defense is it's much better. It's a, it's a much bigger upgrade of a, of a unit compared to the Atlanta defense. Pass-wise, they're meh. Total defense-wise, they're meh. They are elite against the run. Yeah, elite that'll be that'll be interesting to see how with a, a revamped Steelers rushing attack will do against the Ravens. But you're it's still better than Atlanta, right? I mean, by far they actually yeah, right. turn the ball over. Right. They get sacks. They stop the run. Like I said, overall, I'm saying overall, yeah. oh my even god, discounting yeah. the run yes, defense, yes. overall, it's a better defense. And it so. just has names like Atlanta's defense had AJ Terrell and name another one, right, Grady that's Jarrett. It, right. That's it. You got two. I mean, you're looking at Calais Campbell. You're looking at Roquan Smith. You're mm-hmm. looking at Patrick Queen. You're looking at Marlon Humphrey. Mm-hmm. Marcus, Marcus Williams is on the IR, but you're looking at Marcus Williams when he's healthy. You're looking at Marcus Peters. Like these are dudes that yeah, are real. And this is a system, this is a coaching staff that knows how to beat a Pittsburgh offense. Knew how to beat a a Ben Roethlisberger-led offense. I guarantee you, Tom. I think it's Mike Tomlin's like 18 and 15 and Harbaugh's 14 and 17. So, like, each coach knows how to beat the other one. I'm, well, if Tomlin's eight, uh, he's played the Ravens one more more time before Harbaugh. Okay, I was going to say it should be even. Um, um, uh, Oh, the same way the Steelers are looking at the Ravens with Tyler Huntley playing a quarterback saying, if we can beat Lamar, we can beat this guy. The Ravens are doing the exact same thing, thinking if we can beat Big Ben year in, year out, any given year, we can beat Kenny Pickett, a rookie? Now, Pickett has gotten a lot better in the area of not turning the ball over. The Ravens are fourth in the NFL at forcing takeaways. They have 20 total takeaways. They're a ball-hawking kind of defense. Kenny Pickett also did a really good job last week of not getting sacked. He didn't get sacked once against the Falcons. Early on, I think we saw Kenny playing himself into sacks, and that was not helping his cause. But it's been getting better. He works that pocket better. He gets rid of the ball safely a lot better since that bye week. This is going to be his biggest test, though, as far as this defense reminds me of kind of like the Eagles defense. Like, not as good... But we went into the game saying he's probably going to throw an interception here or he might get sacked from time to time. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Ravens. They take the ball away from you and they sack you a lot. So if he can get through this game, and again, we're still waiting for that 280-yard, two, three-tutty performance from Kenny Pickett to really be like, wow, that's a great game being played. I hope it happens this week, but honestly... If he gets through this game without an interceptable ball and isn't getting sacked a lot, I think that'll, A, translate to the Steelers being victorious on the scoreboard, but also be a victory for Kenny's development because this is a defense that will turn any quarterback over. And if he protects the ball again the way he has been, it's a really good sign as far as his growth in in that area. Yeah, it's a good sign. I mean, like, again, a couple of weeks ago, Tom, this team was two and six and then one point three and seven. Even though they are in the hunt now, we were never we were never really concerned about stacking wins, right? Even though it would be exciting for a rookie Kenny Pickett 
to make it to the playoffs, or if Mike Tomlin just got to 9-8 and eight and continued that streak of no losing seasons, yes, that would be exciting. But you have to you have to ground yourself in reality and say, what's the real goal here? Let's see how Kenny Pickett can perform against the Ravens for the first time in his career, right? Let, let's see that growth continue. To go another game, right? Another game without a turnover? If you lose the game and it's close... Yes, that will that will sting. But if Kenny Pickett is completing 70-plus percent of his passes and he's not turning the ball over, you're probably going to walk away thinking it wasn't Kenny's fault who lost the game. I want to let you guys know about one of our newest additions to our podcast family uh, for this season, Saverin on Steelers. The mm-hmm. godfather himself, Stan Saverin, talking all things Steelers on his new podcast. Thing Episodes will drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Get the godfather's unfiltered takes when it comes to Steelers football. Uh, no one in the business knows more about this team, been around this team longer than Stan Saverin. So make sure you're giving Saverin on Steelers a listen, download and subscribe to it wherever you find your podcast iHeart, Steelers mobile app, uh, Apple, Spotify, anywhere. Anywhere Anywhere. you get your podcasts, go and download not just Stan's uh, Saverin on Sports, but all of our great podcasts in the Steelers Podcasting Network family. It's Wednesday. Week 14 is staring us right in the face in an intense way. It's making me freak out a little bit. Looks like Rambo looking at me right now. He's going to attack. Week 14 is about to attack me, but we're going to attack it first with our Week 14 power rankings that's coming up next. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.